0: William and Kate return to the BAFTAs and show off some PDA.
1: I know, I thought that that was hilarious, so sweet. If you see them on the carpet, they're sort of whispering in each other's ears and giggling the whole time. They clearly were having a very fun, you know, mom and dad's night out.
0: Plus, King Charles ignores the haters as Harry wants a summit before the coronation. But even at that one event,
1: were they booed? Were they not booed? I mean, it's just no matter what, they're going to be part of the story.
2: Plus, author Angela Eleven
0: reveals if the palace is making the right move by keeping quiet over Prince
2: Harry's claims. Well, um, I mean, you don't know what's next, do you? I mean, Harry is threatening that if they don't, you know, get sorted and apologize, he's got another 400 pages he can bring out. And that will really make them not talk to him again, he said. We've got that plus so much more in today's Royally Us
0: hello to our fellow royal lovers and welcome to royally us i'm christina that's christine and welcome to another glamorous week of royal news
1: (laughs) this was a very glamorous uh week we have a lot of fun stories this week a lot of cheeky stories a
0: lot of cheeky stories before we get into it like always we want to see what you guys had to say about last week's show gloria says i'm really sorry but if i was william there is no way that i would forgive harry for what he put in that book about his own private stuff Harry was totally disrespectful to his brother and his jealousy is embarrassing. It's crazy that, you know, over a month later, we are still talking about um, his book and, you know, the ramifications of that. And people still have a lot of things to say about it.
1: I can't believe it's been, on- somehow it feels like it's it was Correct. just yesterday and also a hundred years ago,
0: totally. but- I feel like this is definitely going to be the conversation for a long time. A very long time, definitely. And then M.H. says King Charles and Queen Camilla are a true love story. Yeah, I mean, to go through all that um, for the name of love, I mean, you got to really, really like the person.
1: (laughs) Oh, oh my goodness. Yes, I think really, if we looked into how Queen Camilla has been treated in the last 20, 25 years, it really is a testament to how much she and King Charles care about each other. And I think it just shows
0: what a strong woman she is i'm always amazed by her and her strength definitely and then lisa uh bradford says i love this uh comment diana's revenge dress would have been fire hot in any color i agree i think it would have been great in any color but i don't know the black really you know really did something i know i think the black imagining
1: it in a different color is kind of hard. it would have been great in any color but no i think that black was amazing
0: Definitely, yeah, no, um, you know, nothing like an LBD, definitely. (laughs) All right, well, let's get into our royal roundup and kick it off with Prince William and Princess Catherine because they returned to the BAFTAs and not surprisingly, they did it in style. She wore a refashioned, a white Grecian-inspired Alexander McQueen dress that she actually wore to the BAFTAs back in 2019. But of course, she switched things up a little bit. She swapped the corsage detail on the shoulder to a, a flowing sweep of white chiffon. It looked gorgeous, but everybody was talking about these gloves. Um, It was such a bold choice to do these full-length black velvet opera gloves and paired it with some Zara earrings, which I love. What did you think of this look? I thought it was
1: such, um, I thought it was an amazing outfit. And I think with anything she wears, maybe I would do this differently. Maybe I would do this differently. But at the end of the day, She looked amazing. And it was so great to see her playing with fashion again. We've seen so many, you know, trousers and long coats or sweater dresses and boots. She's really getting into sort of a working uniform wardrobe almost. So to see her step out in something that was really
0: special, really unique, something we haven't seen from her before. I was just so excited to see it. Definitely so excited. She looked great. And then I loved seeing she and William get a little playful on the red carpet. There was this video that went viral of her patting Williams, playfully patting Williams' butt. And we don't usually see that type of PDA from the the Royals. So um, that was definitely a funny moment. I know. I thought that that was hilarious. So sweet. If you see
1: them on the carpet, they're sort of whispering in each other's ears and giggling the whole time. They clearly were having a very fun, you know, mom and dad's night out and were really, really enjoying themselves. And it was really charming. I'm sure Kate was hugely embarrassed the next day when she saw the video.
0: But I think everyone who has another half uh, laughed and it was really relatable and sweet. It really was. And there was a lot of great moments in the show, of course, when um the late Queen Elizabeth was honored by Helen Mirren. She said during the broadcast that British film would not be where it is today without her loyal support. In 1952, her coronation had the world watching. From that time, she was unquestionably the nation's leading lady, but a mysterious as a silent film star. So true. She added, who else would meet the world's most famous singers, actors, and performers and turn them into her supporting cast? Throughout her 70-year reign, she met cinema's greatest icons and witnessed the evolution of Hollywood's golden age to the birth of the blockbuster. Her Majesty was front row to it all. She concluded saying she supported over 50 cultural organizations and in 2013, it was her turn to be honored with a BAFTA in recognition of the Queen's outstanding patronage of the film and television industry. Cinema at its best does what Her Majesty does effortlessly, bring us together and unite us. It is so crazy that she saw Hollywood transform into all these different entities over the decades, like she said, from the golden age of Hollywood to blockbusters to now like the social media stage of Hollywood. It is kind of crazy how much she really did see in her lifetime.
1: I know. And you think back to, you know, her first address to the nation Mm -hmm. was over radio because television was just there was no way that you could. You know broadcast that many people fast forward to today when billions of people are tuning in to see her funeral coverage so it's just emotional to think about that sort of sweeping span. But I love how you know they talk about um how much she was a part of it and turned these actors into her supporting cast. And that made me think of her being kind of the, the most iconic Bond girl. Right? Yes, I was just thinking that too. Uh-huh.
0: Right. And there you have Daniel Craig and then she's the star of the show, right? Yes, exactly. Like you have
1: literally James Bond and yet mm-hmm. she becomes the star. Um, I just I, I love that that that's gonna be you know, the James Bond moment, I think the Paddington Bear moment will be
0: indelible in our memories when we think of Queen Elizabeth. 100%. All right, well, let's move on over to the Queen Consort, Queen Camilla. She has a new mission before the coronation on May 6th. And we have to say that she is feeling better after her bout with COVID as well. So she unveiled the Coronation Champion Awards. Um, She launched the initiative in partnership with the Royal Voluntary Service to recognize exemplary volunteers across the UK. They will be invited to attend the coronation this spring. She said in a statement, I am delighted to be launching the Coronation Champions Awards with the Royal Voluntary Service to shine a light on the Herculean efforts of our nation's volunteers. Up and down the country, millions of unsung heroes are contributing to their local communities, giving generously of their time and their talents to enhance the lives of others. If you know a volunteer who's making dis- d- a difference, please be sure to share their stories. I love that. So um it's now accepting nominations for volunteers and 500 nominees will be selected as Coronation Champions like I said, they will be able to attend the coronation and um, go to the Windsor Castle Coronation Concert or the Coronation Garden Party, and it's um, open to those over the age of 14, and there's a special Young Coronation Champions category as well. So very cool. It's uh, nice that they are shining a light on all the volunteers out there. Yeah, it, I really think that this
1: so much about the coronation is um, highlighting the work of volunteers. And if we think back to King Charles's Christmas speech, he talks so much in that speech about volunteering, helping others, the time and energy you put to helping people who are less fortunate. Mm -hmm. We know that part of the coronation celebrations is a day of volunteering. And now we have this coronation champions volunteering nominations. It's just so much about this Um, Conversation now is about helping others and
0: spotlighting those who really help others in a really significant way. All right, moving on over to King Charles. He put on a brave, brave face um, as he was uh, met with hecklers. They interrupted a royal engagement in Southeast England. This happened last week. And he, while he was traveling, he went to the Church of Christ, the cornerstone anti-monarchy. Protesters were there. They were visible in the crowd of onlookers. They held up yellow signs. It read, not my king. I mean, these images are pretty striking. Um, and he paid no attention to it, kind of minded his own business, went about his day. According to the Daily Express correspondent, Richard Palmer, who shared footage of the appearance on Twitter, there were around 20 protesters present. And the public action was reportedly organized by the group Republic, which also has plans to protest um, his coronation in just a a few months. He, like I said, ignored the negative response and said, interacting with the crowd. Um, And in a social media video shared by Heart News East, the protesters were drowned out by a chorus of people chanting and singing, God Save the King. It's interesting. I feel like, you know, with Queen Elizabeth, we really never saw these protesters. We never really saw people, you know, really saying anything really negatively about her. So this is definitely something new and, um, you know, probably something that's going to be keep on happening.
1: I think so. I think this might be a sign of growing pains. You know, we've, we've seen this huge shift and now we're as a, as a, as the British public, they're deciding how does this monarchy fit into our modern world? Does it fit? Do we want them there? And so I think this is, again, growing pains. Now, people who were at this event in Milton Keynes, which isn't too far from my from where I live, I, I thought about going and then <laughs> didn't end up making it. But it was hundreds and hundreds of people, so many crowds, and then 20 sort of you know guys with sticks and signs. And so it sounds really dramatic. But I think at the event, if you were there, it didn't impact the atmosphere all that much. Much because although you know Queen Elizabeth was so widely respected for her long tenure as queen, she was everyone really loved her, even though we have these growing pains and there are these sentiments towards Charles, I think overwhelmingly he still has um, you know, a really positive public image. And everyone just wants to catch a, a glimpse of the king. But I, I do I'll, I think it will be interesting to see how these, you know, protests progress, what it looks like at the coronation in May, because I don't think many people, I think most people don't really want these protests. You know, I think it's a small group. Like I said, it was 20 people out of hundreds and hundreds.
0: No, I totally agree with you. I think a lot of people are celebrating this. And I feel like it's an easier transition than I actually imagined because... She was, you know, 70 year reign. This is what people are used to. This is what people lived with their entire lives and to have something new and for it to be as seamless as it is, I'm pretty surprised because, you know, you remember polls going back years ago, people were really not in favor of King Charles. People wanted King Charles out and William to step right in. So it seems like people are very much accepting him. Of course, there are the haters and there's going to be haters to anybody, but it's definitely a lot more seamless than I thought it was going to be.
1: I completely agree. I remember when Queen Elizabeth died and I was in London Mm -hmm. and you know, when you saw Charles on the television, he always looked hugely emotional. I think he'd just gone through this tremendous loss. But I think especially when you heard people chanting God save the King, and when he would drive by and just the massive crowds would scream and cheer and say, it's the King, it's the King. I think he was really surprised and touched as much as we were that this was a really well supported transition. People really wanted to see him in this role and to be successful at it
0: definitely. All right, well, let's spill some royalty. And Harry and Meghan, of course, were in the news, but this was in a different way this week. They were ridiculed (laughs) in South Park's latest episode, titled The Worldwide Privacy Tour. Um, In this episode, the couple who are not identified as Harry and Meghan, let me just say this, but they clearly are. They moved to the U.S. seeking privacy, and one of their ways to achieve that are to appear on television to promote the book, Wah, which boasts a cover remarkably similar to Harry's memoir, Spare. Um, It says. Um, we just want to be normal people. All this attention is so hard. He said, this is what the, the prince says in the episode after admitting that he hates journalists. They are called out and march off in a huff with their, we want our privacy sign. So definitely taking the, um, definitely mocking Harry and Meghan. And uh, you know, some people found this funny. Um, some people <laughs> said that they are not going to be able to recover from a, um, a South Park jab, but I mean, they kind of wrote this themselves. (laughs) Oh, this is so
1: interesting. You know, it's not the first time that the British royal family has appeared on South Park. There was a royal wedding episode years ago, but it really sort of mocked the institution of a monarchy and sort of the, you know, pomp and ceremony more than the individuals. So this very pointed, specific, although, you know, non-specific episode about Harry and Meghan is really interesting. And we talk a lot about, well, what do the British people think about Harry and Meghan versus what do the Americans think about Harry and Meghan? And I think this episode is really telling on what the average American person probably thinks about them.
0: No, I couldn't as an American and, you know, living here in the States, I feel like this is kind of what people, like you said, this is what people are starting to think of Harry Megan. Like you wanted your privacy, but you're, you're putting everything out there and getting mad at other people when they talk about you in the public. So it's, um, you know, it's actually nice that they're taking a little bit of a step back and like. You know not doing so many things public i feel like they needed to kind of take a step back and uh you know do things a little bit more privately so until they figure out their next move
1: yeah and we've talked about it a lot like where do they go from here Mm -hmm. because really they need to care they need to move forward with really important you know sort of impressive amounts of work otherwise all we're going to remember them for is their worldwide
0: privacy tour So true. So, so true. (laughs) My privacy tour. I love it. Well, we still don't know if they are going to be attending the coronation in May, but the Mirror is reporting that um, neither the King nor Prince William have spoken directly to Harry and Meghan about their attendance. Harry is understood to want a summit. You know, we love these summits with his father and brother ahead of flying um, from from California to the UK in May. A source told the Mirror, Harry has been very clear and his position hasn't wavered. He isn't going to come if he feels the atmosphere will be as toxic as it was during the queen's platinum jubilee and funeral he said he wants to reconcile with his family and it's their call but so far nothing has changed i mean i feel the atmosphere will be twice as toxic than <laughs> at the platinum <laughs> jubilee after what happened in spare um the royal family are understood to be fully expecting harry and megan despite reported anger at allegations about
2: to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price
0: price line about this about the memoir i mean damned if you do damned if you don't i feel like it's really a lose-lose situation i mean if you're if harry and megan are there that's what everybody's going to be talking about if they're not there that's what we're going to be talking about as well yeah totally agree
1: i think that you know, we've talked, we're going to talk about this for the next few months, but I think what they ended up doing for the Jubilee was sort of the best case scenario where they, they were there, but they really laid low. They went to one event, but even at that one event where they booed, where they not booed. I mean, it's
0: just, no matter what, they're going to be part of the story. Mm-hmm. No, totally. It's, it's yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what the right move is. I mean, it's could they do what they did for the Jubilee attend, kind of be in the background, go to one or two big events and then Kind of uh, dip out quickly. It's Archie's fourth birthday as well that weekend, too. So I'm sure they probably want the family to be over there. It would be nice if they can have their um, amends, but I don't know. I feel like the the bridges have been burned. So we'll have yeah, to wait yeah, and see. Uh, yeah, very much wait and see. But I, you and I are in agreement. Like how, we don't see how this is going to work. <laughs> no, this is not going to be good. All right. Well, time to break down the ro- royal rules. And we are revisiting our interview with Angela Levin. She's, of course, a royal author and expert. And she revealed... What William may think about um, Harry attending the coronation, if the palace is making the right move about staying silent, and what is next for King Charles? Take a look. How do you think William feels about Harry possibly being invited to the coronation? Because you know, in the book, he really goes after William harder than I thought he was going to, and that rift uh, is—that is a rift that runs deep.
2: It's terrible how he's attacked William. I mean, William has always looked after Harry and always protected him from a lot of wrongdoings he did when he was younger. And he's loved him. I mean, Harry said to me, um, he said, uh, every year that passes, William and I get closer together. He's the only person I trust we can say anything to each other. And if we have an argument, we get over it. We just we can we very, very close. And now um, he's attacking him in awful ways, saying he's about his bald head. He now makes him not look like their mother. Um, and that he was circumcised. I don't think you should invade somebody's privacy like that. I mean, that's not about Harry telling his story. He's invading other people's story that they don't want told and he called him a bully he said you know he pushed him over and he fell on a a doggy um, bowl um, and that was absolutely terrible i actually think that um brothers do fight mm-hmm. and I, we don't know what harry said that made him actually so angry i think he's very sad but unlike a father and a son I think brothers can fall out in a big way because they don't want to take the nonsense. They don't want to take all that. And I think Harry's gone too far. He's been quite rude about Catherine and that he would know would enrage William. Do you think it was a mistake that they didn't speak out after Harry's book? Or do you think that this was the right move to you know, keep calm and carry on? Well, um, I mean, you don't know what's next, do you? I mean, Harry is threatening that if they don't, You know, get sorted and apologize. He's got another 400 pages he can bring out, and that will really make them not talk to him again, he said. Now, that's blackmail. You can't give in to that. Um, I think they're behaving in a very dignified way and that they are getting on with work because I think you could spend your whole time dealing with Harry um, arguing about how you, you know, gave him a smaller part of the room than than William had up in Scotland, you know, 30 years ago. I mean, that's what he puts in the book that wasn't fair. William got a bigger part of the room than he did. You know, all those petty sort of things. And um, I think that uh, they need to do something. Mm -hmm. They need to do it very carefully and maybe they'll do it after the coronation and they'll see because Meghan's going to come out with a book and then this is all a complaint from her side, as well. And any of the um, more interviews that he does, uh, you know, I don't think you should come in at the middle because you're not going to be able to stop him. Mm. But it will, it will, it'll. I mean, I hope that Harry calms down, but I don't think he will. You see, he doesn't want to compromise at all. Mm. This is his chance. He's got the power now. And um, he won't he won't compromise. Well, if you won't, you can't really get an argument sorted.
0: How do you think King Charles is handling? You know, the first few months as king. I mean, is he has he been a surprise to you? And uh, what do you think his monarchy? Modern-
2: well, I, I I like King Charles very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spent a year with him and the run up to his seventieth birthday, mm-hmm. and I thought he was a terrific a man, uh, much underrated and caring very much about young people to get them started in life and so on. And um, I I think that he was surprised by the response after the Queen's death. Mm -hmm. That same day she died in Scotland and they came down to Buckingham Palace. And I know they were wondering whether there would be anybody there. Mm in dark at night or whether people would shout and boo and all that sort of thing. There's a sort of sensitivity there that's been there for some time. Mm -hmm. And um, the place was packed around Buckingham Palace, thousands of people and clapping and cheering. And and most of them were singing God Save the King. Mm -hmm. And I think they were so moved that instead of going in and having a cup of tea and sitting down after a very, very, Um, emotional day. They went around talking to people, they looked at the flowers, and I thought straight away that this is a way of them being more open to the public and more accessible. People say that the royal family are a bit stuffy, but the Queen's been, was there for over 70 years, so you can't really compare the generations. I think they will be more accessible. And I and I think he's done very well. I mean, he's he's gone to lots of places. If you look at his diary, it's amazingly full up of engagement, seeing people, meeting them, finding out how they are. Um, from all around the world, uh, they, there's lots and lots of receptions in Buckingham Palace, which is an area that's not been started to renovate yet. Um, and I think that he stands a very good chance of being very popular. He's also um, devoted to the Commonwealth, of course, um, and um, that's, that's another good thing. You know, they, they wanted, the people who are part of the Commonwealth wanted him to take over from the Queen. Right. So it wasn't that he was asked for it, pushed for it. They asked him and he was delighted to do so. So I think he's got a good chance of being a very good King. Yeah. I mean, she kind of agreed with what we were saying before about King Charles, that he's really kind of stepped into
0: this role nicely. And, um, I, th- I think it surprised a lot of people and, and doing a really good job so far. Yeah, but I think it's nice that everyone just seems to be really happy for him. Exactly. Like everyone's happy that it's going really well. Right. <laughs> yes, totally. All right, well, let's get into our royal history moment of the week, and we actually talked about this story a couple of weeks ago about Princess Diana's letters that were going to auction. Well, they have, and they officially sold for six figures, so they were penned um, by the late princess to her friends, Susie and Tariq Qasim, between the years of nineteen to 1997 and they sold for over 169 thousand dollars the statement noted that the costumes chose to keep more personal and confidential letters but decided to auction off the rest to give other people the opportunity of acquiring a memento of the princess and in doing so support support causes that were very important to her these were written on kensington palace stationery and they contain sweet messages and um, provide insight into her mindset during the final years of her life um you know, the, she, in one letter, which is actually really interesting it, that she wrote in May of 1996, she expressed a, a suspicion that her palace phone was bugged. She wrote to Susie, as I don't have a mobile, it is difficult to discuss personal items as my lines here are constantly recorded and passed on. So, so interesting. I'm, you know, it, they do say, we said this before, they are going to be um, uh, uh, giving the money to charities that were close to Princess Diana's heart, but these things are like priceless. I would imagine they really are.
1: I'm I'm really dying to know who bought them. I mean, will they show up in some museum collection or is it like some, some guy in Oklahoma, you know, like who, who is it that has spent this money on these letters? But it does look like as we learned more about what the letters contained, there's nothing really new in them. It
0: kind of confirms what we already know, but it's so interesting to literally hear them from the source. It really is. And you know, a lot of money over almost $170,000, hopefully all for good causes. And it's, it's nice that they kept some of these letters um yeah. these personal letters uh, so that's nice all right moving on to our pipe-sized palace and uh Princess Catherine made some pancakes, which I love it. She's just like us. Um, She stepped out to visit the Oxford House Nursing Home in Slough, and she met with staff and residents to hear how patient-focused care is at the center of the nursing home's work. Um, It it marked Shrove Tuesday, so that's the day before Ash Wednesday, also known as Fat Tuesday. Mardi Gras, you know, get out the beads and get out the pancakes. Um, It's also known as Pancakes Day. So this was really cool, and I think that she told the local residents that she would be making pancakes with her family. Said, I either get pancakes stuck on the floor or on the ceiling, but the children are very well, and we will make our own pancakes this evening with the children. Love that pancakes for dinner.
1: (laughs) I love this. This is such a big British tradition. My kids have been eating pancakes all day long. I don't know how they're not sick of them yet. But if you watch the video of Kate, she tries to flip a pancake and does terribly. And that was the really relatable moment. How many moms have flipped the pancake and it breaks? It's like the broken banana. You know, when you try and give your kid a banana, when you flip the pancake, and it breaks and the toddler starts melting down. It was just, it was really relatable to see her also unable to flip the
0: perfect pancake. I loved it. I love it. Well, now I know what I'm making for dinner tonight for the kids. Pancakes <laughs> they will love you. And it's will. just like cake. Just like cake. Yes, just like cake. I love it. I love it. Well, that is it for this week's episode of Royalty Less. Christine, thank you so much as always. This was a fun. These are fun stories. They were fun stories. This yeah. was a fun, lighthearted week. Love to see it. <laughs> Alright, well that is it. So keep commenting, keep subscribing, and we'll see you guys next week. For more news content and exclusive interviews, make sure to hit the sub like and bell button down below and visit usmagazine.com.